0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are free and available on all major platforms. And thank you for making us your first listen i am john hickman of course i'm joined by cody davis and we got to talk texans on this great friday before we get out of here for the week as we prepare to take on the indianapolis colts no brandon k scott today so cody and i have some great conversations and i hope you guys enjoy them cody you know the routine take them down the road let's talk <laughs> texans
0: yes sir and on this friday installment of locked on texans john and i are going to take a look at how the houston texans can and should build their backfield for this offseason. And speaking of the backfield, we're actually going to close out this latest installment of Locked on Texans by revisiting the Houston Texans 2020 NFL draft in which they selected Ross Blacklock over Jonathan Taylor and a handful of other talented running backs. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get this Friday installment of Locked on Texans kicked off by hearing from the listeners, you guys, to see what do you guys have in store for us today? Absolutely. And I want to kick it off with my man,
1: David. You know, he mentioned me on Twitter and let me know that uh he kind of apologized about his, his comment that he made on Tuesday's show. Uh When we talked about should the Houston Texans keep tight as Howard left tackle and how their relationships have been fractured. And Cody, what he had to say was, I wish someone called Cully or Casario out on the BS that comes out of their mouth. We obviously can see through their BS. Like people say, they want to be Patriots. We're known for wasting players' careers. I love the Texans, but it's the truth. And, I, you know, to that comment, you know, I would say that reporters do a very good job, I think, in the city of Houston so far this year. Sometimes we may disagree with their questions, but there are some great reporters out there in the media that have at times challenged in a very professional way, David Cully and Nick Asirio. Now, of course, they're not able to go out there at press conferences and kind of speak maybe 100% what's on their mind or not allow the fans to speak through them. But well, there have been times this year where I've, I've listened to a press conference, watched, joined in. And, you know, I'm like, this is a very great question. And a lot of those times, when those questions are asked, Cody, and, and viewers, especially my man, David, when they are asked, you may see, whether it's Casario, or Cully, or a player, maybe an assistant coach, you may see them stumble a little bit on their response. So I will say, let's give some credit to our media guys. Uh, we've seen the, the the dysfunction so far this year, the media for Houston, but they do a very good job of challenging the general manager and head coach, just in a very professional way, which I think we all should respect and enjoy.
0: Hmm. And to that point, I do want to add, just to give the perfect example, I was actually in that situation where, you know, I was questioning them about something. And, John, to your point, they started stumbling. Um, it was, I think, the day before the trade deadline, and I asked David Cully, you know, you know, ever since he got hired, he was always talking about how professional Deshaun Watson has been through all of the nonsense, whether it be his legal issues or you know just not wanting to be here, wanting to go to Miami. And but he always talked highly of Deshaun, and and we all kind of knew that it was basically for show, for show. And I asked David Culley straight up. I said, if, if Nick Sirianni is able to move Deshaun Watson to Miami. Would you feel disappointed that he never gave you or this organization a chance, especially considering how adamant you and Nick Casario was about how Deshaun Watson is still this team quarterback? Cully started stumbling. He looked at me and said, "No comment." And we we'll hurry up and moved on to the next question. I just wanted to throw that in because,
1: as exactly. reporters,
0: we 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 try our hardest to get the truth, but a lot of times when we are at the podium with these players, especially a head coach like David Cully, who I'm pretty sure every time he's speaking to the media, he's giving us a, a script on what to say, especially about a Deshaun Watson situation. Or as we saw this past week, Justin Reed, I refuse to believe that he was the end all be all to, to suspend Justin Reed over a questionable um, challenging that Reed had with coach Cully. So uh, it, it, it's hard to say, but we, we try this. Right, and, and I, I would say to that, <clears throat> you
1: know, they, you know, Cody and I, we went to school for broadcast communication. We go through training before we can graduate well. Players, coaches, GMs, guys around the team, they also go through a very detailed training. And as far as, excuse me, in regards to how to respond to the media and if you don't have a, anything insightful to say no comment is the best way to go X razor a couple days ago man he went crazy on the post, the Monday recap show had three different posts and I want to highlight two. the first one. He mentioned how he wishes we had an owner that knows football because if you did. He will get rid of Jack Easterby and Nick cerio for the simple fact they are friends and spending Justin Reed was dumb, But I think the better one to me is uh, another thing they need to get rid of Bill O'Brien's disciples, Tim Kelly must go. And, you know, I 100%, 100% agree with that, X razor uh, I believe that this was a, a good year for him to show whether or not he's capable of holding that clipboard for seventeen games without having his hand held or without the, without playing with Deshaun Watson, let's, let's keep it real. Let's be fair. Deshaun Watson is going to make any OC look good because of his talent and his talent alone, right? And so, um, because before Tim Kelly, I want to say Gottsie was was Houston's OC, I believe so. But this was an audition year for him. He failed. And now it's time for Houston, which I'm sure they are right now, going through the process of finding a new OC, which may already be on this coaching staff. We a little, uh, not illuminated, I'm sorry. Uh, we've alluded—not illuminated—I'm sorry—we've alluded to a long time ago. If you guys may remember this, if you listen to the show, how Pep Hamilton may be the next guy up, and that they brought Pep Hamilton in in this year to allow Tim Kelly uh, a kind of a filler a year and give Pep time to learn this team and learn the offense and of learn what they want to do here in, in Houston, so it wouldn't shock me if Pep Hamilton is the OC for the future.
0: Yeah, and I 100 agree. And by the way, I do want to add the only reason why Tim Kelly was still here in the, is because they thought that he can be the person that could kind of change Deshaun Watson' mind about wanting out of Houston because Deshaun do have do and still does have a good relationship with Tim Kelly. Absolutely, can't wait to
1: talk about the running backs. Houston needs a change and Houston has been historically bad running the ball so far this year. So don't go anywhere. More locked on Texans coming up. Before we move on, here's a word from our sponsors. You guys listen to the podcast for the power of knowledge and you can switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone whenever you switch. So you can get the latest episodes of the locked on Texans. All on America's 5G network. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for more details. Welcome back in Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. And again, we are free and available on all major platforms. Cody, viewers, there's no nice way to put it. The Houston Texans has been <laughs> horrendous when it comes to running the ball. The entire offense has been bad. When you look at what's been the worst part of that offense, it is no doubt the running game. And Houston has been historically bad. I'll get into those numbers in a few. But David Johnson rushing stats so far this year, 176 yards, yards per carry, zero touchdowns. He's projected to end the year with 256 yards, zero touchdowns. The last five games, 36 carries, 97 yards, and a laundry list of whiffled blocks. You guys saw those blocks, right? Rex Burkhead, 96 yards on the year, 2.6 yards per carry, one touchdown. He's projected to end the year with 140 yards, in that lone TD, his last five games, 36 carries, 97 yards. The Texans currently have the worst, excuse me, the worst rushing team in the league with league lows of 78.3 yards per game, league lows in yards per carry with 3.2, totaling 861 yards. And this is when two of your top rushers are not on the team anymore with Mark Ingram and Phillip Lindsay. Okay, the Texans also are on pace to be one of the worst rushing teams in NFL history. They rank 23rd all time. 32 teams, 100 seasons of the NFL and this and this Houston Texan team, excuse me, ranked 23rd all time in fewest rushing yards in a season. And majority of the teams. That group played in the 40s, the 1940s. I'm under my own impression that Houston needs a younger back, no doubt about it, but I also do feel that the Houston Texans need a veteran back who can still be able to play some meaningful football. The two veteran backs that I will look at for Houston coming up this year's free agency, Sonny Michelle and Marlon Mack. I think those two guys are one of those running backs that can get you tough yardage. But overall, I think we can all can agree that Houston needs to revamp and reshape the entire running back group. The two draft prospects that I like a lot, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. He'll be a day two guy. I think a late second or early third round pick in the OU back Kennedy Brooks. Three seasons with 1000 yards, rush for six yards per carry every season And a late third, early fourth round guy that I think he will be. Now, Cody and viewers, you guys, you know, talk about it in the comments of today's show, but is it time to move on from running back coach Danny Barrett? Has he been a victim of circumstances due to the offensive line play that's been poor and the lack of decisiveness from the running backs, i.e. David Johnson and Philip Lindsay? Those guys have done a terrible job so far this year hitting holes, and Philip Lindsey is no longer with the Houston Texans. Is Has it, is it been the, the product that he's been able or having to work with? Or is it because the offensive line has not had a great season at all when it comes to rock, uh, running the ball?
0: In my opinion, you got to give David Danny Barrett another year because it's hard to evaluate him as a running back coach when the best running back that he had all season was. <laughs> and, and no, he was at this age, but a 65-year-old Mark Ingram who hasn't played for the Texans in over a month, and he is still this team leading, rushing in terms of all the running backs who they have put out there on the field this year. So I would say it's hard to evaluate him as a head coach from that reason. And, of course, you know, you got to talk about the offensive line. And even when that offensive line was healthy with Laramie Tunsil, with Justin Britt, and as you know, I always say Marcus Cannon to a certain extent, the offensive line never gave the running back a, a, a solid line to run behind. However, with that being said, John, the listeners, when I take a look at how the Houston Texans should improve their backfield i would like to see them draft a young running back especially if they could get one of the top tier up and coming running backs let's say in the second round but for me john i 100 agree with you the texans should go after a running back who is a veteran but i'm not too sure if they're going to be able to do that in free agency because given all the nonsense and all the drama that the texans have been doing over the last, what, 18 months or so, it's going to be, once again, extremely hard for Nick Casario to bring in talent to this organization. And what I don't want to happen is to see the Texans signing another Philip Lindsey where we say, oh, okay, well, he rushed for 200 and something yards his first two seasons. Last year was just a down year. Then he come here and ended up being worse than the guy that he was the his last season with whatever team he was, he was at. So, me personally, depending on where you trade Deshaun Watson, you should ask for their starting running back in return. And, you know, the, the one team that I could think of right now is the New York Giants. The Giants are expected to start throwing their name in the in Deshaun Watson um, tr- trade fiasco this offseason. They are dying to get a franchise quarterback because they are basically set all over the board. board. I would not be mad if Nick Casario asked for Saquon Barkley back. Now, I get it. This year, Saquon Barkley has not looked that great, but that's only because he's coming off that I believe he had an ACL tear. And over and the Saquon last year, Saquon hasn't days, looked good in a few years This is rookie year, honestly. I understand that, but even in a down year, Barkley has looked better than what we've been getting out of David Johnson over the last two years. He has looked better than what we've seen from Philip Lindsay, and it should be one of those, it could be one of those situations where he just might need a chain, chain of scenery. Um, the same thing can be said for the Carolina Panthers yes I understand Christian McCaffrey is out once again with an ankle injury he's done for the entire season but maybe for Christian McCaffrey's sake in his career he probably needs a whole new entire medical staff in order to get his career back on track that's just me whoever takes on Deshaun Watson nick Casario has to ask for the starting running back and by the way this scenario will be even better if deshaun watson opened up the list of teams that he wants to go to let's say for example he wants to go to random. let's say he just say trade me i just want to get my career started hey minnesota build me a package around delvin cooks and, and and let's get this trade started hey all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson wants to be the next LeBron James. Cleveland, this one's from you. Okay, build me a trade package around Nick Chubb. You know, all of a sudden, let's say, and of course this is unrealistic, but let's say all of a sudden Cincinnati wants to get him, get their hands on Deshaun Watson. Okay, build me a trade package around Joe Mixon. And of course, you could add Joe Burrow in there as well, but th- that's just me. In order for the Houston Texans to truly improve this run game, they're going to have to ask for the opposing team starting running back in a Deshaun Watson's trade. And it makes sense because in addition to draft picks, Nick Casario do want young players who can actually be a foundational beat piece to this Houston Texans rebuild.
1: Well, here's my thing. I do have a rebuttal for that. You know, Christian McCaffrey, Davin Cook, those guys have been dealing with injury, and I don't think they're worth – bringing into a franchise that is unsure about their running game. Uh, but that's in, the thing. In but that's to the, the thing. Line.
0: If those if if those players work out for the Texans, then it's a hit. But the Nico and the Texans are in a situation where they can't be picky because even the running backs that you just named in free agency, they're not going to want to come here unless it's their last their last resort. That's the, that's no. it. And I think
1: that was important why I named Sony Michelle. I think he's a guy that's got lost in the shuffle. You know, he had a very good start this career in New England, but got traded to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And that's not really working out. And he wants to be a guy who's, I think Sony is only 26 or 27 at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still has some football left in him. When I look at Marlon Mack, Marlon is another player that, you know, he's gotten lost in shuffle in Indy. Right, and so those two those two running backs coming out next year at the free agency, Houston can use them. And I, I would say more so, a Sony Michelle, uh, more so than Marlon Mack. But I, I wouldn't build a trade package around a running back, especially Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. McCaffrey has been placed on IR three times this year, and I think that's going to scare away a lot of teams or even his own team next year in regards to the future at running back, which is a great thing why they drafted. Uh Hubbard, but none of these running backs I would trade for, I would target running backs in the free agency because you would then be able to determine how much you're willing to pay. You trade for Christian McCaffrey, you're taking on Christian McCaffrey's contract. You trade for Dalvin Cook, you're taking on that contract. Now, if you bring in a running back like a Sonny Michelle who has rushed for nearly uh, what was it 4,000 yards so far, so far in his five-year career. If you bring in a guy like Marlon Mack, who's a very good runner, has some good years with Philly, then you determine the market for them, okay? And you can take that veteran running back who knows the system, knows the NFL, knows how to get those tough yards. That's mainly why I chose those two running backs. Tough, yardage, running backs that can wear down the defense, and then you can go out and draft a young running back in a second third maybe fourth round day two day three type of running back and you determine that price as well they're they're going to get the rookie deal on a running back as well so that helps Houston save money that helps Houston get tremendously better because i don't think any of the running backs on this roster maybe a Royce Freeman we'll see what he does sunday if he gets carried uh, carries comes back on, on on next year but overall Houston needs to revamp everything about this running back group. And on top of that, you know what comes with revamping that running back group? Saving money. David Johnson makes entirely way too much money for the productivity that he has given Houston since he was traded from day one. That's not his fault. He didn't give accept that contract. He didn't force a trade to Houston. However, it gives me nightmares when I think about Houston overpaying a running back in the future because it didn't work out before, and it ain't going to work out no time soon. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy or even better than a candy bar. Build bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in 100% chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugars, net carbs, and fats, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. You will have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie. Oh, my gosh. Bill Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle for the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in an endless line, Bill Bar will give you that extra something you need to keep it going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know you're going to need it. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on the Bill Bar puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Taste so good you won't believe that they were filled with protein. Go to build.com, use promo code lock15 and get 15% off your order at build.com. And you guys know, here at locked on Texans, we are all in on saving you money. Just told you about how you can save money 15% off at Bill.com. But now, bet online has you covered all season more props, more odds, more lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website today. Sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. online is where the game starts. Thanks for making the LockedOn Texans your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Monday's recap show, Whether it be a victory Monday or a Monday where we discuss why and how the Texans suffered a loss. Now make your second listen to Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms.
0: All righty, ladies and gentlemen, as we close out this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, John, Sunday's game is going to be really hard to watch because you know they're going to get ran through by Jonathan Taylor. And every time I see the name Jonathan Taylor, every time I see a highlight, I always think to myself that he could have been a Houston Texan. And he should have been a Houston Texan. And as a matter of fact, they selected Ross Blacklock in the second round of the 2020 NFL draft, one spot ahead of arguably what the second best running back in today's game, right? If you, if you exclude,
1: you know, Derek Henry, uh, who's out right now due to injury, that's why I, the I say best second best.
0: Back. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and as you said, if you exclude him because he's out to the injury, he is the best running back in the league. And it's and it's kind of ironic that you and I literally just had a discussion on how the Houston Texans can improve their backfield. And Sunday, it's, it's, it's another reason why they should not be in this situation. Because I get it when you go back and you take a look at the 2020 draft class. You're looking at the second round and I can't remember which pick. Um, Ross blacklock was but they knew he was at 40 so they knew at that 40th pick that they wasn't going to bring back carlos hyde and yes the trade for deandre hopkins and, and and david johnson was already done but because david johnson was the old older back you would think a general manager would have the census to say okay david johnson is getting up there in age He hasn't been the all-pro David Johnson over, what, a span at that time. He was three years removed from that. You would think that they would have drafted a younger back just to be on the safe side. And by the way, the Houston Texans were coming off a season where they ran a two-set running back in Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson and actually had success. Very good success. It's not – what buzzed me the most, John, listeners – it's not the fact that they passed up on Jonathan Taylor. They passed up on J.K. Dobbins, who was drafted um, a little bit later in the second round. They even passed up on A.J. Dillon. Now, A.J. Dillon, entering week 13 of the NFL season, has rushed for a total of 543 yards. <laughs> when you combine that, when you, when, you, when you compare that to David Johnson your boy rex burkhead and even philip lindsey all three of those running backs have a combined (laughs) rushing total number of 402 and when you exclude philip lindsey from this list because he's no longer with the texans david johnson (laughs) and rex burkhead have a combined russian total of 272. I, I I just don't know what to say. And by the way, that's just the running back. We're not even going to talk about how they also passed up on defensive players that they could have used if the Texans wanted to go defense.
1: Jonathan Taylor went to a great place. He had a left guard in Cornyn Nelson, the best left guard in the game. Uh, a, a much better offensive line. And I think that is what has helped him get to where he is right now. I, I think the offensive line played by Indy, has been good this year. Uh, I thought last year that they were good as well. I don't think he will replicate the same productivity that he's doing the first two years in Indianapolis in Houston, due to the fact that well, Houston, as we've saw, got one offensive lineman that's played three positions, and last year Houston was big on swing tackles, right? This is just just weird stuff to me—a swing tackle or a guy that can play multiple positions. That type of stuff. As much as the NFL has been progressing upward, that type of stuff I normally don't think works well. That's just me. Right. And so I will say that Taylor's future has a lot to do with where he landed. I don't believe he's the type of player, uh, for instance, Houston had an opportunity to draft uh, Darrell Reeves and they, they passed upon him. I think Darrell Reeves is a player that no matter where you put him, he's going to be Darrell Reeves. Right, I don't think that's going to be the same case for Jonathan Taylor. However, to your point, Jonathan Taylor, the younger back, you're going into year two, which is what he's in right now, you don't have these issues. I don't think so. I think that Jonathan Taylor is much better than all of the running backs that Houston put on the field this year.
0: And John, to that point, before closing out, I understand that you know it doesn't matter who the Houston Texans have in that backfield. You know this offensive line is shaky but i always go back and i think to myself that carlos high rushed for over a thousand yards with an offensive line that you know when healthy in 2021 i would consider better better than the offensive line that carlos high rushed behind in 2019. so with all that being said it doesn't matter how you look at this the talent in that backfield is just god awful and to your point john it's historically awful
1: historically awful and we can agree on one thing. Houston desperately needs to address the running back room next offseason. Guys, I can't wait to talk to you on Monday. I'm John Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Texans. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page. Comment as well. Cody, where can they find you?
0: And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Ladies and gentlemen. Six more games. Six more games, and this nightmare will be over. It well, won't. And we could well. start. The nightmare of the 2021 season will be over. Then we could start. You know, that's one thing I do like about the season coming to an end soon. We could we could sort of have hope and promise. You see what you're going to get back for Deshaun Watson, which is still going to hurt. You could look at all these up-and-coming top prospects in the 2022 draft. You could see who they could trick into signing and free agency. And we'll all be optimistic about what we're going to see in 2022. That's all I'm saying, John. I just want hope again. I missed the offseason because we had hope. A little bit of hope. Hope that this was a team that could at least win five games.
1: (laughs) You had that hope. (laughs) And until Monday, ladies and gentlemen, have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. Peace.